Volatility in the market is a fact. What isn't so clear is what the ups and downs of the market can do to your retirement portfolio. For answers, call Kevin Brooker at 800-975-6717. Kevin is founder and CEO of Silverleaf Financial, and he's been helping people cut through the noise to create a retirement and income plan that can take you all the way through retirement. Call now for your free financial consultation, 800-975-6717. Today's market volatility can really take a toll on your portfolio. But what if you could lock in your gains and still be in a position to participate in the gains without suffering losses if the market plunges again? That's what Kevin Brooker at Silverleaf Financial can help you achieve. Your no-cost analysis includes a portfolio x-ray showing any hidden fees in your current plan. He'll show you how by claiming Social Security at the right time can make a huge difference in your retirement income. Call Kevin Brooker today, 800-975-6717. Do it today. This is Kevin Brooker. Welcome to Cruising Through Retirement. You know, on today's show, we're going to mix it up a little bit. We're going to be sharing a few financial planning do's and don'ts coming from your favorite, most iconic sitcoms ever. So we've got Seinfeld, we've got Sanford and Son, we've got Archie Bunker right here today to help you guys. You found Cruising Through Retirement with Kevin Brooker. Kevin is an investment advisor representative with more than 30 years experience. He's helped thousands of people cruise through retirement, and he'd be happy to help you too. Stick around for today's adventure on Cruising Through Retirement. Hey, welcome in, everybody. This is Cruising Through Retirement with Kevin Brooker. I'm consumer advocate Steve Siddall. Kevin, as we know, uh, he is a fiduciary, an independent, an investment advisor representative. You'll find him at Silverleaf Financial. Silverleaffinancial.com is the website. And uh, Kevin's been helping folks for more than 30 years, so he knows what he's talking about. He's also taken the time to uh, co-write a book called The Millionaire's Guide to Tax-Free Money for Long-Term Care. And he'd love for you to have a copy, and you can for free, absolutely, just visit silverleaffinancial.com. Hey, Kevin, what's happening? Oh, you know, you know what? It's another beautiful, warm day in the, in, yeah. <laughs> in the Phoenix area. I mean, I was yeah. reading. I mean, you guys are really hot. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, guys, uh, you know, grab yourself an iced tea or, uh, or, or, or maybe a, a margarita. I'm not sure, depending on you know time of day when you're right. listening. But, of course. Uh, you know, I think uh, um, we're, we're coming up on, uh, you know, what, 20, 25 days, I don't know, of uh, – oh, 110 plus, right? Whoa. So, so jump in that pool and uh, kick back in the AC and you'll feel good. But, uh, you know what? It is important. Make sure you're drinking plenty of water. Stay hydrated. Up yes, there, folks. that's that's the best advice there. And and um, uh, and again, when you're in that kind of heat, Kevin, I mean, that really is a serious concern, isn't it? You, you know, it really is. And and so I really hope people, you know, I, I know everybody knows this, but at the same time, I, it's like, I don't know, once a week you read a story about somebody forgetting their baby in their car. Oh, I know. I can't imagine. You know, and I'm like, my God, how do you do that? And and uh, just reckless things. And so it is dangerous. This heat can be very dangerous. Uh, anybody that lives out here knows um, that it goes through car batteries. If anybody parks their car outside, you probably have to get a new car battery at least once a year. Um, and that's something I never knew until I, until I lived <laughs> yeah. in Arizona. And uh, there was a video the other day. The police wanted to show you how dangerous it actually is and how hot it can get in a car. And so they put a pizza uncooked 
um, on the back dash of a car. And lo and behold, come back a little while later, and it's a fully cooked pizza. No kidding. Wow. <laughs> yeah, there's a yeah, there's a video online about it. Wow. Check it out. Jeez. And so so yeah, it is crazy. It is you know a lot of us out here. If you've got a car, you know um, that's just got metal, you know door latches that you actually have to touch to open your car. You probably burned your hand once or twice doing that in the middle of summer. Probably. And, uh, <laughs> you know, so like I remember when I first when we first came here, we moved from. Uh, we lived outside of Chicago. I grew up in Illinois and right. good town, great town called Naperville and uh, Northern Illinois. Me and my wife moved out here in 2011 and we never lived in Arizona before. And when we got here, you know, we're literally coming in, unloading, unpacking the moving truck, you know, and uh, backyard had a pool. And so I, you know, I put my feet in the pool and then I just, you know, I dropped my, I just left my flops. I had flip flops. Right. And I just, yeah. you know, left them on the deck next to the pool, not realizing that Kev, you can't really do that in Arizona. <laughs> That, right. that that uh, that walkway is going to be really hot. Oh, my God. You know what? Okay, yes, yes you can do it, but you probably aren't going to be able to wear those flip-flops, those flops anymore because, <laughs> because mine mine melted into a little green hunk of mass. Oh, man. Hence, I had no clue, no clue that that that, 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 that happened because you know, I really like those flops. Well, yeah. So, uh, so nonetheless, everybody be careful out there. Um, you know, it is fantastic here in the wintertime when everybody else is freezing. We've got 75 degrees sunny on Christmas, but... You know, it does get a little bit warm this time of year. So hop in that pool and sit back and have a nice, cold, refreshing beverage. I think that's a great idea. I mean, you know, you described everything exactly opposite of how I grew up in northern Minnesota. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. Right? They said, you know, 20 days of 40 below, you know, whatever it is. Oh, yeah. And, oh, uh, you know, we don't, uh, we didn't cook a pizza in the car, but you take a, a steaming pot of water and you throw it in the air and it's vanishes <laughs> it is is that right oh my gosh yeah anyway. uh, i haven't i haven't i haven't done that that does sound cold i know uh i know the, the winters in illinois can get pretty brutal as well that's for sure, sure. oh gosh you, yeah. you know i remember as my teenager my doors the doors on the car were frozen shut i mm -hmm. couldn't open i couldn't put a you know you put the key in and it doesn't open because they're frozen so <laughs> Anyway, this is a finance show, so uh, all right, we're let's about talk about finances here. Then let's talk about retirement, right? Everybody's favorite topic. All right, and, and we all know, you know, Hollywood. Hollywood is known for its wealth and how they portray wealth in the big uh, productions. Um, the small screen comes to life too with their cautionary tales about money and finance and investing. And uh, I, I think that uh, what we want to do is just mix it up a little bit. So we want to show you some commentary. We want to talk about retirement planning from from some of the best shows that we've seen. And uh, by popular demand, uh, we're going to jump right in here. All right. Let's start with Seinfeld, where uh, Jerry is talking with Kramer. Have a cigar, boys. Yeah, it's time to celebrate. Let's just say that I don't have to worry about working for a while. A long while. That's funny, because I haven't seen you working for a while. A long while. And you're not going to, because I'm hanging it up. Boys, I'm retiring. From what? From the grind. I mean, who needs it? You know, I've accomplished everything I've set out to do. What's that? Oh, yeah, what I bought myself that? a little retirement gift. Gold watch. Ooh. <laughs> yeah, I had to buy his own gold watch, but hey, Kramer's retired. Hey, Kramer's retired, and you, and you know what? That was one of my favorite shows. I, lo I love Seinfeld. Absolutely. And, uh, you know, I got a lot of laughs, and it is crazy how it still airs all the time. I, don't, I can't tell how, you know, those residual checks must be pretty fat. So. Oh, man, yeah. Uh, right. So I'm guessing the cast of Seinfeld has a very comfortable retirement. I would All think right? they do. Uh, unlike, know, the, uh, unlike poor Kramer. 
unlike poor Kramer. And you know what? But there, there, there is, you know, I think a lot of us look at it and, and, and ask maybe, you know, have we accomplished everything we wanted to accomplish? And maybe you want to buy yourself that gold watch because you want to retire, but you're just not sure if you're ready. And guys, you know what? This is where a good advisor comes in. Give me a call. We'll, we can talk on the phone for a few minutes, see if you'd like to come in and sit down. And then I can help you go through and figure out when and if, you know, you're able to retire. In most cases, you know, people have been saving their money a long time. Uh, the folks that I meet generally are within a year or two of retirement, but I might be able to help you figure out how you can do it a little bit sooner. So just give me a call. And we'll be happy to check it out for you. 800-975-6717. That's the number you can call, folks. Uh, 800-975-6717. Kevin would love to hear from you. And uh, so, you know, Kevin, it was interesting as we, we started to research these uh, these shows. Amazing how many of those classic sitcoms actually talked about, you know, retirement and getting older and, uh, you know, things like inflation. And again, so our next one, what do you think? Uh, All in a family? We were talking before the show. That was required viewing in my house. Oh, yeah. You know what? I think we could all stand to benefit a little bit of wisdom from Archie Bunker. And, uh... Who was the wisest, right? <laughs> That's it. So here is Archie talking with uh, his uh, favorite son-in-law. This family union's about to go on strike because of the high cost of living that this administration promised to bring down six years ago. <laughs> you listen to your president, you know that he had the answer to inflation. The country's got to produce more goods. Then we got to have a little more unemployment. So when there's more goods to buy and less people who can afford to buy the goods, then the prices will come down. Well, I mean, he nailed it, right? He, he, to- he totally nailed it. And, it. and, you know, all those years, you know, I remember walking in the room and my, you know, my father, my mother and father were watching, you know, all the family. Never once, I, I would have sworn I never heard that conversation. Yeah. <laughs> where, he's, where he's talking about, talking about you know, slow, bringing down inflation. But guys, that's the formula. That was the formula then, and it's the formula now. And so that's exactly what the Federal Reserve is doing. They're raising interest rates um, to try to slow down demand, uh, which which a lot of this has come about because of all the COVID and the pandemic and all the craziness we went through in the last several years. Everything was shut down. Shipping lanes, manufacturing facilities, everything was shut down. And we're all locked up staying in our houses. And, and then we reopen it, we restart this thing uh, and, and calling this economy, calling the American economy, um, you know, let's say, I, I wanna say it's like, it's like an ocean liner, you know, when you get, you're, you're cruising along and you start to turn it around, you're not gonna turn around on the dime, all right? This isn't a little skateboard that you can just, you know, whip around there. Right. And it's gonna, it takes time. And so that's what we're working through is to try to slow down this economy. We got, fan, we got a very strong economy. And we're still sitting at, we're still sitting on unemployment rates below four percent, which is close to fifty year lows for unemployment. And and so the thing is, there's a lot of people that just don't want to work anymore. And I tell you, we, you know, my wife and I went out to a new restaurant here locally, uh, uh, you know, called Cooper's Hawk. Right? It's a it's a nice restaurant known known for the wine, and it's a nice restaurant. Up, I'd call it an upscale restaurant. Sure. And we went in there. It's a beautiful place. And probably at least two thirds, at least two thirds of the tables were empty. Nobody occupying them. They look like they're totally ready for somebody, you know, like me and my wife to sit down and have a good meal. Right. But they tell us they're on a 45 minute wait. I say, guys, it doesn't look that busy. How are you in a, how are you in that long of a wait? And they're like, well, we just, we just don't have the staff that we need. We can't hire enough people to come in and work. And, and I look at my wife and I say, my God, this is, a, see, this is a type of place you know, Cooper's Hawk, another one uh, um, that we like to go out here, a good seafood place called Papado. Okay. Um, 
it's very good seafood, Cajun food, upscale place. You know, the average price is probably, I don't know, 45, 50 bucks an entree. Okay, sure. Nice place. So, right. So I'm saying to myself, you know what? A server here, a decent server, you don't have to be fantastic, just decent, could probably make 150 to 200 bucks a shift. Oh, I and, think and, more than that. And, and I think I mean, I my think sister very, used to make 150, 200 bucks when she worked at Perkins. That was a million okay, no years kidding. ago. Yeah. Okay. Well, then, then, then maybe my numbers are low. But my so my point is, okay, maybe they make two fifty, three hundred. I mean, God, that's good. That's pretty book, darn that's good. Really, that's good money that's for pretty, me. From where I said, I think that's pretty. From where I said, I think that's pretty darn good money. You know, and uh, so I'm, I'm, I'm a little bit shocked that we still haven't been able to find the employees. But what it seems to be, and what I'm convinced of, is that all the customer facing positions. The people that faced the public, that had to deal with it during COVID, that were dealing with all these jerks and all the idiots, fighting them about the mask, bitching about what they can and can't do. And they took it out on the server. They took it out on the hostess. They take it out on the customer service people at stores, which can't hire enough people. And they took it out on a lot of nurses. And now we have a massive nursing shortage in this country. Mm -hmm. So I'm really hoping that people can get back to being civil and respectful and courteous to one another. And then maybe we'll be able to actually, these companies can hire all the people they need. But I think until that, until that happens, um, I, I think it's gonna be hard to bring down inflation. You know, we're talking about inflation. Um, people need, you know, we, we need the employment situation to go the other way. In other words, we need people to start losing jobs. Unfortunately, I'm not, I hate saying that. Well, that's true uh, though. It's just what Archie Bunker said. It, you know what, it is true, and I have to agree with with, with Archie Bunker. One of the few times you might agree with Archie Bunker, but you well, know, hey. probably one, probably <laughs> one of you, right? But, but no, that's the reality. And so the government is expected, the Federal Reserve is expected to raise rates again next week. Uh, probably another quarter point hike is what the market is expecting. And and then it's subject we talk about on them being data dependent. And you guys might know data dependent means that we they nobody really knows how many more hikes there might be or there will be because we don't know if the economy is gonna start showing signs that it's cooling off. You've got some well-respected economists and professors like uh, what the Wharton School, Jeremy Siegel, right? Very well-known on Wall Street, very well-respected guy. He's been saying the Fed should stop raising rates probably for three months now. And, and he thinks there are signs the economy has already slowed down, but they're not seeing it in the data that the Fed is looking at. So we're starting to get a fight about whether they should or shouldn't cut. Um, because the theory is we're going into a recession. And so where I'm going with all this, with all this talk about the inflation is the positive side of it for anybody that's a saver. The positive side is that interest rates have come up to levels we have not seen in 17 years. All right. So if all of the interest rate hikes that we've gone through, which I believe they've raised 525 basis points, so 5.25 percentage points, is what they've raised in the last year and a quarter or so, sure. which is a massive amount of tightening. Uh, we've never gone through that before, but theoretically, it's going to slow down the economy. It's going to increase unemployment. People will lose their jobs. Companies are going to start to hire more part-time workers as they lay off full-time workers. There should be less pressure on wages going higher, and that should start to bring down inflation. And then if we do start to go into recession next year in 2024, sometime maybe middle of the year i don't it's impossible to know when but there's a good chance the government will start to cut rates all right so folks if you are a saver you should seriously consider talking to me or somebody else about locking in these guaranteed rates where they are right now not for three months or six months but i'd suggest five years i can get 5.6 percent guaranteed for five years all right lock it in now 
if you think rates are going to go lower in the next six months or 12 months, you should seriously, you need to start seriously thinking about whether you should start locking in guaranteed interest rates for a longer duration with the anticipation that they're going to start to cut the rates back down. Mm -hmm. Wow. Uh, that's food for thought. Kevin. Um, always good to think about because, uh, I mean, now inflation itself, that has come down considerably. I mean, certainly in the last year. I mean, since where we yes. were last year at this time versus where it is today, uh, yes. we could take a big sigh of relief there. No, no question. A hundred percent right. And, you know, and, and a year ago, inflation was in the eight to nine percent range. Right. Today, it's more like three to four. Um, you know, still, more than, still more than what the Fed likes, though, right? It is. Yeah, they like two. They want it to get back down to two. Now, now, there are some people, there are some pretty prominent people out there arguing that the Fed needs to start considering raising what they find, uh, raising the target or the end point. So instead of being 2%, they're saying maybe think about 25 or 3%. Um, and there are, there are various arguments for that. We don't know exactly how they're going to go. But as of right now, the target is 2%. So their mandate is, is, is price stability and full employment, right? Yes. We obviously have full employment. Uh, we don't have price stability because rates are still going higher. So at, at a faster rate than they should be. So their focus, that's that's the two prong objective of the Fed or, or those two issues. But the most prominent one right now is getting getting the prices back to being more stable. And so they're going to keep on going. They're going to keep on going. So what I'm doing, I'm, I am starting to do exactly what we've talked about before, uh, which is starting to take advantage of some of these rates. And, and one of these, one of the reasons I'm doing that is because when I look forward and I look at how much how much social security my wife and I are supposed to receive, um, I want to make sure I've got extra income in addition to that. And I want to talk a little bit more a little bit later in the show, but we all know that social security has some massive problems uh, in terms of how much money is going in and how much is going out. And we also know if you're, if you're watching so far, none of the politicians, uh, nobody's really put forth a viable solution to fixing the problem. And so if they don't do anything, I think we're looking at about a 20% cut in your benefit Oof. and across the board. And so I would strongly suggest everybody look at your social security projections and then cut them by 20%. All right. That I think is a more realistic idea. Uh, if you're going to, if you have not yet claimed, I don't know who knows it's impossible to know what they're going to do. Oh, yeah. people that are already on it. Right. Um, but I think we need to take a realistic approach and deal with this head on. Okay. So deal with it in a way that you know you're going to have enough income uh, so that you can supplement your Social Security. Even if it is cut, it's not going to go to zero, okay? Most likely, it'll be cut by the amount of the shortfall, which is in the 20 to 25% range. Okay. So uh, they have been talking about that for a while, you know, with Social Security, but it is a very strong program, and we need to all tell our politicians, get rid of the cap on the payroll tax. I was going to say, I thought we solved this problem last week. We did. We did. You know what? <laughs> Yes. And, and I, I wish everybody, I wish every paper and every news organization would start talking about all, how a big, 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 easy way to fix the problem is eliminate this cap on wages. And, and anybody that makes over 160 grand, you know what I'm talking about is that right now the cap. So in other words, once you pass about 160,000, it's like 160,200 dollars or something, right. just over 160 is where you no longer pay into the social security program. So all of these athletes, all the movie stars, all the businessmen, all the billionaires, they're only paying into social security on the first 160 grand of income. And I'm saying, why aren't all wages subject to the social security tax? 
just like they all pay. They all pay. There's no cap. They all pay, no matter your income. All of it is subject to Medicare tax, but there's a carve out for Social Security. All right. And that if they just eliminate that provision right there, that will go a long, long way to uh, restoring the solvency of the program. And I really think the majority of the public would support that. Well, let me ask you this. So if we're not paying the, is it what, 6.2%, 6.4%, you know, as individuals, right? Yeah, it's, it's in that range. It might be six and a half. I six, don't know. The, whatever, it, whatever it is. Six to six and a half, yeah. So if I make more than 160, I no longer have to take, I know, that no longer comes out of my check. Does that mean the business owner doesn't have to pay it either? Correct. Yes, Ooh, correct. I see where it's, a, I, I, okay, I'm seeing this with new eyes. I didn't, yeah. I, I hadn't thought that far. Neither side but pays so, it, but so the business, the business owners are thinking, yeah, I don't want to, yeah, I don't want to. They, they're, money. yes, that's correct. And 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 as a self-employed business person, you know, once I pass that level, it's a big jump in my check. Oh so, yeah. So you, you know, you still pay the Medicare tax, um, but not the Social Security piece of it, which is the biggest piece. All right. And 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 so so yeah, that unfortunately is correct. And it's been like this. It's been like this forever. I remember back in the nineties. God, I want to say in 1992 or 1993, I think that was the first year I made over $100,000. And I think Social Security payroll tax capped out at like 77 grand or something. Wow. Um, I, there, was not, there was not one year in the 90s that I didn't go, that I, I capped out every year. And, and so then we had, a, we, had a, we had a little game in our office, which is great for guys, if, folks that are making that money. Yeah. It's a party when, when you hit that, right? And that's, sure. that's a wheel. That it's, it, it was, there was always a contest in my office. We had a bunch of people, a bunch of uh, advisors in the office. And, and it was always, the contest was who can cap out the first. Who can, in other words, who can reach that level first? Mm-hmm. And we like to challenge ourselves like that. And anyway, so, so yeah. um, you know, because when you get there, then you notice a big jump in your check and you say, whoa, what happened? Um, you know, so from, from an individual standpoint, no question, nobody wants to pay more tax, right? No, of course and, not. And, mo- and most people get happy when you have to pay less tax. Yes. But from a, from a standpoint of the stability of the program, that that's, I believe, 65 million people are collecting Social Security checks in this country. All right. That's a large piece of the population is depending on this money. And they've contributed to the program their entire year. And, and I, I don't like to use the expression earned it or entitled to it. Um, because the fact of the matter is most people, once you start collecting social security in less than five years, you've pulled out every dime you put into it. Um, and then the argument is, well, how much growth could you have achieved on that money? You know, so it, so, so it is a very generous program. And I think part of the problem is, is that they haven't made these adjustments over time. They don't want to eliminate the, the cap. They don't want to increase the rate. Cause I say, you know what? Do two things: get rid of the cap on the wages, just eliminate it altogether. So if you're making, if you make, if Elon Musk makes a billion dollars this year, he's paying into Social Security on, on every penny of that billion dollars. Seems right? fair. I think it seems very fair, considering you know <laughs> what what he's worth two hundred billion or something. Yeah. Um, you know, so I, I don't see any reason they shouldn't do that. And if that doesn't get us there, guys, then let's just increase the payroll tax by maybe a quarter point. All right. So everybody contributes a little bit more to the program. That should pacify the people on the other side that say, oh, you only want to tax the rich people. You know what? All of us will put a little more skin in the game so we can satisfy, to, we can take care of the solvency problem of Social Security. And I really don't think that'd be a problem for most people. Well, I, I don't think so either. And, and uh, speaking of Social Security, we've been talking about sitcoms and we're going to talk about Social Security. And the sitcom is uh, the one and only 
Sanford and Son loved that show. That was fun stuff to watch. <laughs> yeah, and so here's uh, here's Fred. He's not going home to Elizabeth, but he's well, talking to his son about uh, Social Security. I ain't cooking nothing. I'm retired. Retired? Yeah, I applied for Social Security. They pay high as $213.10. That's enough for me to retire. Are you crazy? They're not going to pay you that much because you haven't earned that much. Oh, yeah? Well, you wait and see. They pay you according to what you've earned. Well, I ain't doing nothing for you and nobody else. You're looking at a man of leisure. Say, hey, what, what's that number there? <laughs> Hello, Social Security. This is Fred Sanford. And what I want to know is, how much will I be getting every month? How much? How come? Uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> How you want your aid? <laughs> I mean, again, that's a, that's a fairly typical response from Social Security, I, right? They tell you what I, you get. They, they tell you what you get, and, and you're like, uh-huh, that's not quite as much as I thought it was going to be. Uh-huh. Um, you know, and, and that, that is something that we all need to uh, remember, guys. Like, I, I look at the Social Security website all the time um, because I, I want to see if it changed. I want to see if I'm missing anything. <laughs> be, because... One of the really important things that everybody should do is you should go to the Social Security website. It's SSA.gov and set up your own account so that you can get your so you can check your Social Security statement. And more importantly, check your earnings and your wage history, because because, uh, you know, Fred's son, uh, I, forget, I forget his name was Lamont or something. Lamont, you're right. Uh, oh, very good. Oh, Lamont. There we go. All right. <laughs> so Lamont was right. Your Social Security check is based on your highest 35 years of wages that you paid into the system, right? If you, mm-hmm. if you weren't paying into the system, it didn't matter. So it's your 35 highest years. So if you had some years, let's, let's say you took some years and you did not work. Okay. And you've got, that means you've got, maybe you've got 31 or 32 years, but then you've got, you know, three or four zeros that are reducing the amount of your check. And so you want to look at your wage history, make sure it's accurate. All right, and let me give you a little side note. The reason I'm, I'm, I say this is so important is because they screwed it up on, they screwed up on my record. A couple of years ago, I was looking at it and I noticed they had an entire calendar year where it showed zero income, zero wages for both myself and my wife. Um, what and, were you and, doing? <laughs> <laughs> you, know, I, you know, I wish I was just out, you know, I don't know, hit, hitting the waves or something, but... <laughs> But you know, the fact is I worked all year long and so did my wife and I had, luckily, luckily I got the pay stubs and the tax returns to prove it, Um, which is what, which is what was required. I had to send the tax returns and all this stuff to the IRS. It took me months to, to, uh, to get it straightened out. It finally did get straightened out. And then of course it increased, you know, the amount of my, uh, of my estimated benefit. And so it's really important that they've got the right data in there. And that everybody understands, especially so. So let's say you're still working, you're in your 50s like I am. And, you know, you've got a few zeros on there. You say, you know what? You need to keep on working. Replace the zero with another good wage year that's going to increase the amount of your benefit. OK, and so it's, it's important to know how it works so that if there's anything you can do to give yourself a bigger check, you know, I want to help you do it. All and right. That's, and that's that's one of the things to take a look at. Silverleaffinancial.com is the starting point. You can go to the website. You can reach Kevin right there, or you can call us 800-975-6717. And uh, before we run out of time, do you want to do one more clip? I do. I do. Because there there is something else I run into all the time. And I think this uh, clip actually represents it pretty well. We're going to go to the Golden Girls, retired in Florida. But this time, uh, Dorothy is uh, talking to her son about, of all things, money. 
I mean, I love Dad, but you're the one who's always been there for me. Honey, you don't have to worry. I'll always be there for you. I'm glad to hear that, Ma, because I ran out of cash. I need to borrow $30. $30? Michael, you're an adult. Do you really want to beg your mother for $30? All right, fine. Forget it. You know, I, I hate this. Whenever I need money, you make me feel like I'm asking. All right, all right, all right. Uh, but look, all I have is two twenties. Great. We can get appetizers. Okay, let's jam. That's my boy. That's my dad. That's my money. I just love that. Because, <laughs> I don't know, this is exactly the, the path you were going down. I mean, taking care of our kids. We all want to. Yes, but at for what sure. expense? But that that's that's the million dollar question, right? Is at what expense and how how long does that continue? Is it, you know, does it go to 18 to 22 to 25? How how long does that go? And 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 the reason we we had that clip, which I think is very funny, I think it's pretty accurate about what happens in a lot of households. <laughs> sure. Is one of the things one of the biggest surprises I've had in my career and I started doing this in 1990. So this is uh, 33 years now. One of my biggest surprises was is how prevalent and how common it is for parents to be supporting their adult children. And I'm not talking adult that's 19 and going to college. I mean the adult that has a job or is supposed to have a job. They're not going to college. They're, they, they just hit you up for money all the time. And, and whatever the expense might be, and, and so many times I've mentioned to, to parents to please consider stop to stop giving them money. Just period, stop. And because I witnessed that, and, and a lot of them do get upset. Uh, I, I presume a lot of them think maybe I'm overstepping my bounds. I'm not sure. But I'll tell you what, guys, as your advisor, I want to help you out every way that I can financially. It doesn't, ma it doesn't mean that I'm going to make a profit or I'm going to get paid for everything that I suggest or everything that I, we talk about. It doesn't matter. That's not what I'm interested in. I'm interested in helping you get everything get in the best position possible financially. Sure. So that so that you can have that comfortable retirement, which to me is a stress-free retirement. It's a retirement you don't have to worry about paying any of your bills because you know we got it all covered. And I like to do that with guaranteed sources of income to make sure you've got it covered, but when we put together the plan, we start off by sitting down, we look at all of your expenses, we look at all the income sources that you have as when you're retired, all right? And we're going to look at all of your assets and your liabilities, and we're going to paint a picture, if you will, so that we can figure out what you need, how much you have, you know, can we get the money that you need right now? Or do we need to take steps, put things in place so that in a few years, you can have the money that you need. But you know what's going to derail that plan every single time is if you're spending more money than we talk about. And if you're giving it to your kids more than we talked about, more than we put into our plans, that could derail your plan. That could knock off. That could knock your, you know, retirement train off of its tracks, right? And so it's really important that we stay disciplined because one of the hard parts for a lot of folks when they retire is that I'm I'm going to suggest you stick to a budget. And a lot of people they've never had a budget, they because they always had money coming in and they just you know spent less than they earned. All right, but now we're on a fixed income. All right, and and it's fixed according to you know Social Security will still give you a little bit of a cost of living raise. But most people would agree, it really doesn't keep up with the cost of living, all right? So, so we know at some point in time, we need additional income. And I want to make sure you got the resources that we can generate the income, that you can have the comfortable retirement that you want and that you've worked for, because your kids should still be able to work and they should be able, everybody should be able to take care of themselves. And, 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 and that's really what we want to focus on. They've got a lot more time to make it up than you do. So I say we focus on, on taking care of you 
And I always like to say, remember the airplane. You've flown in an airplane, you sit down and they're, and they're going over the safety instructions. You know, they're standing in the aisle, going over the seat belts and all this stuff. And then they talk about if the airplane loses oxygen, that this mask is going to drop down from the ceiling. And if you're traveling with children, put the mask on yourself first so that then you can help the child. All right. Take care of yourself first. Then you can help the others. So if you've got an abundance of money, by all means, and you want to help out your kids, just giving them, giving them some money, go for it. Have fun with it. All right. But first, let's make sure you've got absolutely everything you're ever going to need. You ever have to be the bad cop? You know, I have. Have, have you I, talked I, to Have you talked to a kid? I mean, you know, an adult, you know, whose parents you are representing. You ever they, have to do that? Oh, the oh, the child that's that's asking the parents for the money. That yeah. conversation, no, that one I have not had. Okay. Um, because the kid, I mean, the kid's never, you know, he doesn't, he or she doesn't come to the meetings. Um, so no, that one I haven't had. But I'll tell you what, I grew up in a family. I was the youngest of six, and my sister was four years older than me. My sister, unfortunately, was, uh, let's call her the black sheep of the family. Uh-huh. And, and <laughs> she spent her entire life from the time I was five years old, you know, asking for money. She was, she was the only girl out of, out of six. And so my dad spoiled her and she wound up, you know, uh, my parents wound up buying a house for her to live in rent free. Um, they, they gave her, uh, tens of thousands of dollars over the course of a lifetime, which was never paid back. And, uh, um, and so I witnessed it firsthand and, and I saw the grief and the anxiety that my parents went through my mother in particular, cause my dad was always working and, and I saw that anxiety and, and she was so stressed out. And when I started, I took a couple of psychology classes in college and my mother, then when I came home would start to console and confide in me. And, and, that was a big experience growing up for me because never in my life had my mother looked to me for advice. Right. And I'm, I'm like 18 years old and she's asking me for advice on how to deal with her, how to deal with my sister. And, and so, so this one hits home a little bit. And so that's why I want to caution everybody. Just, just be careful. I know it's hard to say no to your kids. You want to help them out, but there are other programs. There's a lot of resources out there that can help them out. Job training programs, counselors of all sorts, uh, resources online and try to help them out that way as opposed to just giving them money. Sure. All right. Well, again, um, just to touch, uh, I know we're kind of running over, but uh, just a quick look at the market. I mean, it's been kind of an interesting week. I mean, uh, uh, there had to be close to some records set in the S&P. Oh, yeah. Oh as, a, oh, as a matter of fact, no, you're spot on, Steve. He, and you you nailed it. All three indexes hit 52-week highs. Whoa. Uh, so the high, highest level we've seen in a year for the Dow, the NASDAQ, and the S&P. The Dow went over 35,000. I believe for the first time ever. Um, yeah. I had to double check that one. I'm not 100% sure on that one. Um, S&P and NASDAQ, you know, we're, and we're close to the all-time highs. A lot of analysts, and I'll say, by the way, the analyst that correctly called this year, Tom Lee at Fundstrat, he's one of the very few analysts that was saying that this market should have a good year this year when a lot of the other really rich, highly paid people were saying the market's going down. And now we're looking at some of the best gains we've seen in a long time. He, the guy that called it correctly is saying we've got another 10% higher to go this year. All right. So, I'm all right, on so board. If you be, if so, right. So if you believe that, stay on board. Make sure you're not taking too much risk. Um, but if you do see some weakness, if you're long-term, there's probably a time to add to your positions. Kevin, as always, a pleasure to have these conversations. Really enjoy it. Love your insight. Uh, thank you much, Steve. It's great being-
information provided is for illustrative purposes only and does not constitute investment tax or legal advice. The covered material has been obtained from sources that are deemed to be reliable, but their accuracy and completeness cannot be guaranteed. There are risks associated with every type of investment vehicle. Please read the prospectus and risk disclosures thoroughly before investing. Insurance guarantees are subject to the insurance company's ability to pay. Neither Silverleaf Financial, Kevin Brooker, hosts, and guests are responsible for the usage of information discussed. Security and investment services offered through Silverleaf Financial, member FINRA SIPC. Please consult with an experienced advisor before making any investment decisions. Volatility in the market is a fact. What isn't so clear is what the ups and downs of the market can do to your retirement portfolio. For answers, call Kevin Brooker at 800-975-6717. Kevin is founder and CEO of Silverleaf Financial, and he's been helping people cut through the noise to create a retirement and income plan that can take you all the way through retirement. Call now for your free financial consultation, 800-975-6717. Today's market volatility can really take a toll on your portfolio. But what if you could lock in your gains and still be in a position to participate in the gains without suffering losses if the market plunges again? That's what Kevin Brooker at Silverleaf Financial can help you achieve. Your no-cost analysis includes a portfolio x-ray showing any hidden fees in your current plan. He'll show you how by claiming Social Security at the right time can make a huge difference in your retirement income. Call Kevin Brooker today, 800-975-6717. Do it today.